0: Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Maloff. Well, after a week of hiatus, we're going to talk about a proposed new crime called Echocide. Now, Echocide is an old idea that's becoming the latest proposed crime against humanity. International attorneys along with various environmental groups, everyone from Greta Thunberg to formal groups, are proposing and really pushing this idea. As we move closer to really what is a doomsday scenario, the time has come to make environmental destruction a criminal act as heinous as the genocide of a specific people. We'll also consider how the poor and communities of color have been forced to endure the most deleterious effects of environmental devastation triggered by the fossil fuel industry among others. So this week, the idea of ecocide as a crime against humanity. Now, first we'll start with an article, and and kind of bear with me, I don't have good voice today, it's asthma, but an article from the Law Society Gazette by Katherine Baxey, and it's dated November 30th, 2020, and it's about how work begins on the legal definition of ecocide, and for those of you that have never heard this term before, um, frankly, you probably need to blame mainstream media, because once again, it's been kept from you. But anybody who has lived in areas such as here in St. Louis County, where we have a cancer rogue caused by uh, illegally dumped radioactive material, that is now known as um, as Westside, um, as Westlake landfill, or if you just have children that have uncontrollable asthma due to mysterious circumstances, there's nothing mysterious about this. So Catherine Baxey from the Law Society Gazette talked about how this panel of leading lawyers basically gathered together to draft and come up with a legal definition of ecocide. the idea being that this would be a potential international crime against humanity and really against the planet that really would sit in the same category as war crime, genocide, and just generalized crimes against humanity. Now, I can hear people on the other side of the political aisle saying, oh, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to just go back to the Stone Age and, you know, warm our homes with fire and not have electricity? No one is suggesting that. What we are saying, though, is that young people like Greta Thunberg are correct. We're living in an age where we're on the teetering point, point. And we're leaving a world for these next generations that may potentially be uninhabitable unless we take some major action and change our path. So the concept of ecocide would literally criminalize mass damage and destruction of the world's ecosystems. And, excuse me, sorry, could also result and seeing not only individuals, but perhaps corporations as well, prosecuted before the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Now, I'm very aware of the fact that the United States refused to sign on to the ICC, the International Criminal Court, and that is to our shame. You know, we love to preach about how we are a nation under rule of law and how we value liberty and freedom, and yet the hypocrisy, of our politicians, of both parties, is legion. It just is, all right? You can't claim that you're a nation that believes in rule of law and justice and fundamental fairness, and they refuse to sign on to the International Criminal Court. We all live on the same planet, mind you. But apparently, both Democrats and Republicans that receive quite a bit of largesse in the form of political contributions from fossil fuel companies and chemical industries and a lot of other industries, they just don't mind the hypocrisy of their present stance. Okay. So personally, I hope they joke on it, the politicians that is. So getting back to this, this concept, the idea would criminalize mass damage and destruction of world ecosystems, individuals such as corporate chieftains, would eventually be prosecuted before the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Now, the panel of leading international environmental lawyers is co-chaired by someone named Philippe Sands, who is a barrister at Matrix Chambers, and Justice Florence Mumba, who is a former judge of the Supreme Court in Zambia, and according to this quote, a judge at the extraordinary chambers in the courts of Cambodia. Justice Florence Mumba hears prosecutions of members from the Khmer Rouge uh, regarding crimes during the Cambodian genocide. This is really over, this this action is definitely overdue. So, Philippe Sands, who is the other person mentioned, um, QC, basically the definition, quote, will draw on existing approaches to crimes against humanity and genocide, end quote. It's been convened by a group called the Stop Side Foundation. Now, the Stop Side Foundation was a charity that was founded in 2017, and it was founded by the late UK lawyer Polly Higgins and Jojo Mehta, who is an environmental activist. Now, the panel began preparatory work this um, just recently, this in November of 2020, and the idea is they're going to draft the definition over the uh, uh, the early part of 2021. Now, if the definition is completed and supported, it's hoped that it would be inserted by an amendment into the statute of the International Criminal Court, um, which basically would be, basically, the amendment would be it would be linked by amendment to other crimes, including genocide, war crimes, and crimes against humanity. And keep in mind, the International Criminal Court was founded in 2002, and yet the United States has has fought joining it. They won't sign on to it. And that's both under Democratic and Republican administrations, and that includes George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Countries that are not members of the ICC, not surprisingly, include China, India, and the U.S. And those are three of the largest polluters. Now, Philippe Sands told the Gazette that the definition scope hasn't been really fully threshed out. But it will draw, it will draw on and gather inspiration by, quote, existing approaches to crimes against humanity and genocide, end quote. And really, this, the whole idea about this is that the idea of protecting the environment by criminal law it already exists in many other national laws. And Philippe Sands says it's it, it's really right to consider elevating it to the international sphere. And I quite agree with him. We all breathe the same air. We drink the same water. We don't have another planet. It would behoove us to take care of it. So according to Sands, he's quoted as saying, quote, the time is right to harness the power of international criminal law to protect our global environment. 75 years ago, crimes against humanity and genocide were spoken for the first time in Nuremberg's courtroom 600. And my hope is that this group will be able to draw on experience since that day to forge a definition that is practical, effective, and sustainable, and that might attract support to allow an amendment to the ICC statute to be made, end quote. And that is from the Law Gazette in the U.K. So we're going to go a little further now. I don't know if we're going to get through everything tonight. If we don't, we'll do a second part of this because this is an issue that is far too important to just glaze over. You know, the reason this program is called the Environmental Justice Report is because for too long, environmental crimes have been not only crimes against the environment, but crimes against populations that are least able to fight it, namely the poor, communities of color, as well as the animal world. And we can no longer allow the very rich and the very wealthy corporations to destroy this planet. We just can't. Greta Thunberg and the rest of them are quite right. So from the Guardian... There's another article written by their legal affairs correspondent owen bocott um, the and it was november 30th 2020 as well uh, the top, the headline is international lawyers draft plan to criminalize ecosystem destruction plan to drop legal definition of ecocide attract support from european countries and small island nations and that's very telling all right the people that have been basically environmentally raped, because there's no other way to put it, are the ones that are standing up to do the right thing. The nations that are wealthy have, in my opinion, acted as environmental rapists. That is not too strong a term to use. And it must change our ways. So in The Guardian, again, they talk about how international lawyers are drafting plans, to have a legally enforceable crime of ecocide. Again, it mentions, it mentions Professor Philippe Sands of the University College London and Florence Mumba, former judge of the International Criminal Court. And this is the first step. You know, when we see young people like Greta Thunberg, and God bless her, she basically acted like Joan of Arc and and, and basically said, look, something's wrong. We have to do something about it. She was the messenger. These legal people are now coming up with a legal definition so that we can pursue criminal prosecution against those that are destroying the planet for profit. Okay? And so you have to have a legal definition, definition, and this would... This definition, their, their aim is to complement, quote, other existing international offenses, as I said before, such as crimes against humanity, war crimes, and genocide, because ecocide is a logical extension of those three. Okay. So the project, again, mentioned by the Stop Ecocide Foundation. Um, it was convened by the Stop Ecocide Foundation at the request of Swedish parliamentarians. And it's been launched in November of 2020, and by no small coincidence, it basically times out with the 75th anniversary of the opening of the Nuremberg war tr- crime trials of Nazi leaders in 1945. And I think that that timing is not only symbolic, but it's also very telling. Because the crime of ecocide, yes, I would put it in the same category as the crimes against humanity committed and, and, and investigated by Nuremberg committed by the Nazi war machine. So there's several small island nations, including one named—and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly—Vanuatu, which is in the Pacific and Maldives in the Indian Ocean. And these island nations are really demanding serious consideration of ecocide at the ICC's annual assembly. French President Emmanuel Macron has also championed this idea and the Belgian government's pledged support. Um, What they said, the Shadow Justice Secretary, David Lammy, has also called for ecocide to be incorporated into law. Now the ICC, or International Criminal Court, is based in The Hague, and it has promised before to, quote, prioritize crimes that result in the destruction of the environment exploitation of natural resources, and the Ill- illegal disposition of land, end quote. There was an ICC policy paper in 2016 that you can find, uh, The Guardian documented it in an article uh, titled, "Hague Court Why Intermit to Include Environmental Destruction Cases. So the ICC policy paper in 2016 um, claimed, it, it really wasn't formally extending jurisdiction, but it would assess existing offenses and they would extend those existing offenses like crimes against humanity, but they would do so in a much broader context, okay? And so, basically, one of the things the ICC is saying, in other words, is while we don't have a legal definition of ecocide, we're going to look at that within the context of crimes against humanity. Because if we destroy the planet, it is definitely not only a crime against the planet and animals, but a crime against humanity. So Sands was quoted as saying, one of the um, leaders, quote, the time is right to harness the power of international criminal law to protect our global environment. My, and again, this is the same quote I said before. Um, so once again, Mumba, who was a judge for the ICC and judge the Khmer Rouge tribunal, um, and she was also a former Supreme Court judge in Zambia, was also quoted saying, quote, an international crime of ecocide, may be important in that individual state responsibility may be regulated to achieve balance for the survival of both humanity and nature, end quote. And this is very important. Um, then Jojo Metta, who's the chair of the Stop Ecocide Foundation, was quoted in the Guardian as saying, quote, in most cases, ecocide is likely to be a corporate crime. Criminalizing something at the ICC means that nations that have ratified it have to incorporate incorporate it into their own national legislation. That means there would be lots of options for prosecuting offending corporations around the world, end quote. And this is a very important point. Because right now as it stands, because of many bilateral and multilateral trade agreements that are forced into international arbitration, these corporations can commit these crimes against nature and against humanity and basically get away with it and pay a little fine. It's not going to stop until the people ordering these actions have to face criminal prosecution and mandatory stiff jail sentences, individuals. It has to happen. So, you know, Maida from Stop Ecoside Foundation did mention that a challenge for the drafting panel would be, again, that definition of what constitutes an ecocide offense. You know, you know, the idea of chopping down a single tree would not be ecocide. Um, and to quote Maida further, uh, quote, it would have to involve mass, systematic, or widespread destruction. We are probably talking about Amazon deforestation on a huge scale, deep sea bottom trawling, or oil spills. We want to place it at the same level as atrocities investigated by the ICC, end quote. And I think that's a very important point because the corporate opposition through their public relations firms that they hire will try and paint a picture that basically individuals that are just trying to survive, if they chop down a tree for firewood, that somehow they're going to be charged with ecocide. That is not what Stop, the Stop Ecocide Foundation is proposing at all. That is not what environmentalists are proposing. What they're saying, what they're really proposing is criminalizing the premeditated mass systemic and widespread destruction of our planet. And that means corporate. So all this panic over, they're going to send us into the the, uh, dark ages, that's a lie. And we need to get that message out because there's a lot of just average people that do not realize that. So there's a 13, um, 13 member legal panel of experts from around the world that are going to be involved in this definition and they're, going to, they're planning on completing the wor- their work by early next year. So now we have an article again along the same line from the BBC. And it was written by Sophie Yeo. It was written November 5th, 2020. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the headline is ecocide Should Killing Nature Be a Crime? And the first the first line is, quote, From the Pope to Greta Thunberg, there are growing calls for the crime of ecoside to be recognized in international criminal law but could such a law ever work, end quote. That's a very important point. Again, we're going to see mass corporations hire public relations firms to try and influence the public and panic them. You have to realize that when you hear competing stories, you have to look for intent. So if you're the average person and you have kids that have severe asthma, you have to ask yourself, who benefits from allowing this mass destruction to continue. It's not environmentalists. It's not Greta Thunberg. It's not the Sierra Club. It's these large corporations. It's all about money and greed. And it's about killing any sort of sustainable energy source because in my opinion, and again it's opinion, in my opinion, the fossil fuel industry along with several others Wants to basically squeeze out every last penny of blood money in fossil fuels and other types of other types of products before they even consider sustainable sources, and that is a crime in my opinion. So December 2019, according to this BBC article, the International Criminal Court in The Hague, um, basically there was. Um, uh, Van, Vanuatu's ambassador, which is a small island uh, nation to the European Union, made this radical suggestion, quote, make the destruction of the environment a crime, end quote. And Van, Vanuatu is a small island state in the South Pacific. They are, according to reports in the BBC, severely threatened by rising sea levels, and um, and small island states like this, as well as other poorer nations along the Amazon and such, these are people that are suffering, and they're suffering for corporate profit. And so uh, Ambassador John Licht made the suggestion that it may be time to change the law itself, and that's when that amendment that I just mentioned a little while ago, known, an, an amendment to the treaty known as the Rome Statute, and that's what established and built the International Criminal Court, could criminalize acts, environmental destruction, as ecocide. And um, basically, Ambassador John Licht was quoted as saying, quote, this radical idea merits serious discussion, end quote. I would argue this, there's nothing radical about this idea. This is an idea that's based on true morality. The rich and the rich nations of the world and the rich corporations have no right to poison the air and the water and not fix it for the nations of the world of the poor. They just don't. This is an issue of true morality. So when we're talking about ecocide, you know, people haven't heard that term very often. It literally means killing the environment, okay? And the campaigners for this criminalization believe that these crimes, which most often are corporate, need to come under the jurisdiction, once again, of the International Criminal Court. Right now, the ICC, the International Criminal Court, can only prosecute four crimes. Genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and crimes of aggression. Okay? So, basically, they're trying to increase this. All right? And even though the International Criminal Court can prosecute prosecute environmental crimes within, I guess, the context of crimes against humanity, again, it's only within the context of the four crimes that I mentioned before, which is genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and crimes of aggression. It doesn't place legal restrictions on any harm caused during times of peace. All right, and a lot of these ecocidal crimes have happened during times of peace. So ecocide campaigners have argued that mass environmental destruction is going to continue until we make ecocide an international crime. All right, and I quite agree with them. So Emmanuel Macron, who, again, isn't exactly the biggest environmentalist necessarily, He's the president, president of France, and he has supported the idea of a crime of ecocide. But, you know, again, he's still corporate. Um, but he also said, "quote, the mother of all battles is international, to ensure this term, namely, ecocide, in other words, is enshrined in the international law." So Macron's on board, and Belgium's on board. Um, the two Green parties in Belgium introduced an exercise bill that one of the, the one of the proposals addresses an issue at both national and international levels. And to quote them, it says, we have all the conventions, we have all the goals, but beautiful visions must go from paper into action. Um, if these actions should be anything more than goodwill or activism, it must become law. And that's quoting Rebecca Lemoyne, who is a Swedish MP, and she's the one that submitted the, the motion on ecocide to the National Parliament um, you know, in Sweden. So, and, and here's another good thing, too, and I, it warms my heart. The Pope, Pope Francis, has also joined the call to define ECOCide as an international crime. And we know Greta Thunberg's backed it as well, but I, I'm so glad that the Pope has come to terms with this. So the idea is supporters of a law against ECHO side, they argue that they would place emphasis not only on the environmental but also the human costs of issues such as climate change. And We're dealing with it right now, okay? Right now we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic, and we're not quite sure exactly what caused it. But well, we're going to be in for more pandemics as we see more environmental breakdown. You know, the scientists have called it global warming, and unfortunately, that term is kind of tepid-sounding to the average person who is scientifically illiterate. Instead of calling it global warming, which may be scientifically correct, perhaps they should call it whole-scale, wholesale global climate devastation. That's my opinion. Now, the ICC has placed increasing emphasis on prosecuting these environmental crimes, again, within the limitations of their already existing jurisdiction, which is fine, it's a beginning. The problem is it doesn't address these crimes during times of peace, and that's the loophole. That's why we need this definition of ecocide to add a fifth crime that the International Criminal Courts can prosecute. Okay. Um, now we also have some limitations here. Uh, David White, who is a professor of socioLegal studies at the University of Liverpool, um, warned that an international law isn't going to be this magic silver bullet, okay? Um, David White also authored a book called Side, And Professor White pointed out that corporations presently can't be prosecuted. Under, inter, under international criminal law, because that only applies to individuals. And White further points out that prosecuting an, an, excuse me, an individual CEO might not really bring the corporation to the point where, where they stop polluting non, on a wholesale basis. To quote Professor White, quote, it's really important to change our language and the way we think about what's harming the planet. We should push through this crime of ecocide, but it's not going to change anything unless at the same time we change the model of corporate capitalism, end quote. And he hit the nail on the head, all right? Right now we live in an age where corporations here in the United States are considered people, so they have more rights than human individuals. But at the same time, there's no individual that can be criminally prosecuted when these corporations commit criminal acts. And that is something that has to change. We must, I agree with Professor White, we must change the model of corporate capitalism. Uh, Creating a new definition for a new crime of ecocide is part of the, um, the formula, but we also have to change the model. Of corporate capitalism in order to hold these corporations accountable. So there's still a long way to go before ecocide is going to be recognized as an international crime, but according to Rachel Killian, who is a senior lecturer in law at Queens Bel- University, Belfast, um, she said, quote, you could never say never, and it's gaining momentum that we maybe would never have imagined previously the challenges are still so significant. First of all, you have political resistance. I think the chance of an assembly of state parties agreeing to an additional crime is unlikely, particularly one that might curb economic expansion. Um, And again, Rachel Pillians written recently about alternative ways where the International Criminal Court could address environmental harm. Now, an international law on ecocide is also gonna be difficult Uh, regarding a legal perspective, Killian added, lawyers would have to really gather enough evidence to ensure that there are adequate grounds for prosecution. To quote Killian, quote, if you think about all the parts of the criminal prosecution, you need to have an individual. So who's the individual that's responsible for ecocide? There needs to be intention. So how do you prove intention for the destruction of a territory? All these different things that build up a criminal trial become really complicated when you're thinking about Echocide, end quote. Now, Echocide campaigners like MEDA are very um, aware of these, these problems. And MADA's campaign group Stop Echocide is um, basically gathering the, their panel of top international lawyers. And as I said before, they intend to write quotes a clear and legally robust, end quote, definition of ecocide that countries could propose at the ICC. And once that's in place, the next step is for the country to go back to the hay. Um, again, this gets to be very complicated. It, it, to me, this looks a lot like the, the child's game, button, button, who's got the button. Or like the old shell game. That swindlers and cheaters use. It's hard to prosecute because they keep changing the players. Well, maybe when they char- when a corporation is charged criminally for ecocide, perhaps part of that needs to be that all their assets are nationalized and uh, basically um, confiscated. in order to bring about reparations. It's a possibility. And and again, we have to do something. The idea of ecocide, environmental devastation, this is not victimless. Okay? When forests burn out out of control, when oceans rise and drown people, when all sorts of, you know, when basically people in in poorer nations, like in the Amazon, have their water poisoned by the mining industry, they're suffering. These are not victimless crimes. I'm tired of hearing we don't know who, we have to find the individual responsible. I would argue no, you don't. It would be nice to identify individuals. You can identify individuals. You can also identify individuals that enable you need to confiscate assets for reparations and then enforce regulations on the industry. You know, this is a lot like the crime of child abuse. You know, before this, I taught for over 30 years. And one of the things that teachers and other mandated reporters know, if you suspect that a child has been abused, you are a mandated reporter, you must report. Failure to report means that you are an enabler, and you will be criminally charged. And I think the same model needs to apply to this. I think that the legal community is making this more difficult than it needs to be. Ill, profits through ill gotten and gains should not be allowed to be used. They know what to do with RICO violations. They know what to do with abuse cases. I don't think this is any different. it it really isn't you force reparations by confiscating assets and then anybody involved whether they're enabled or whether they are the linchpin is criminally prosecuted in addition this is not rocket science it can be done we have to have the will to do it now the stop echo side actual um, organization they have a website And it's at www.ecosize.earth. And once again, this is the same stuff I've been talking about. They have a four-stage process. The first stage is the proposal. Okay? And this is the idea that the various states are ratifying or agreeing to the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court and that they can propose an amendment. Right now, there are 123 of these state parties that are proposing amendments to the ICC to include ACOsides. That's very telling right there. Now, the power of this, according to Stop side Group, is that as soon as a state or a group of states submits their proposal, we're going to start to see some changes in the way corporations behave. We're going to see changes in terms of big banks and insurers and investors that perhaps they will think twice and avoid investments that could be confiscated because the corporations involved or may be charged with the crime of ecocide. We have to force business to change their ways. That's it. And the fact is, according to Stop Ecocide, this group, and I agree with them, corporate success, quote, depends on public and investor confidence. And that's, end quote, and that's true. No finance group, no private equity firm, they don't want to be seen as war criminals. They don't want undue risk. And the law on Ecoside, according to this group, quote, will therefore signal the end of corporate immunity, end quote. And this is what has to happen. Corporations do not, have a right to unrestricted immunity. That is nonsense. And no investor has a right to this idea of predictability or assurance. When, as an individual, I buy an investment, I'm not guaranteed that it's going to succeed. Why should the very rich be guaranteed? And they're guaranteed by jerry-rigging the system through a system of corporate immunity that basically just cracks on the rest of us. This cannot be allowed to continue. It just can't. So that's step one. Step two is admissibility. Now this requires the majority of everyone present and voting at the next annual assembly of the ICC to vote for this amendment so it can I'm sorry, to agree that the amendment can be considered. Now, power of this, the International Criminal Court Assembly, quote, works on a one-state, one-vote basis, and that's important because that means that the vote of a very tiny, very poor, small Pacific Island state is just as powerful as the vote of a large, rich state, and that's the way it should be. So, to quote this organization, Stop Echo Side, with, with a one state, one vote basis at the ICC, the voice of a small Pacific island is just as powerful as that of a large nation, end quote. That's step two. Step three adoption into the statute. Now, this, the statute basically for the ICC, This requires a two thirds majority. There's 123 if there are 123 nations, that requires 82 of them to come on board. And most likely, it would take place at what's called a special crime review conference. And that's where the final text of the amendment is going to be discussed and voted on and agreed to. The power of this, once the law is adopted in the statute, the crime exists. And that gives it... According to this group, quote, immediate moral power in people's minds. Why is this important? Because it gets people thinking that our connection to this natural world is not only important, but we have a right to a safe and healthy world. And no, the rich do not have a right to destroy it, as they are presently doing, in my opinion. Up for ratification. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> they ratify, state parties ratify it, and then they have to enforce it in their own country a year later. Why is this important? Because ecocide becomes a criminal offense in those countries. Furthermore, under something called universal jurisdiction principles, quote, any ratifying nation may on its own soil. Arrest a non-national for ecocide committed elsewhere as long as they consider the crime to be serious enough. End quote. So even countries that aren't signatories to the ICC, the U.S. and China would be affected. Give you an example. Crimes, war crimes against humanity. George W. Bush cannot travel to Spain because in Madrid... They had a warrant for his arrest for crimes against humanity. This is the power of this. The very wealthy and the powerful and the politically connected would have the majority of us believe that we are powerless. that there's absolutely nothing we can do to stop them. They would have us believe that even daring to speak our minds would result in swift retaliation. Well, I would say this. If you have nothing left to lose, you may as well just go for it. The very rich and very powerful overplayed their hand. The suffering is worldwide. And we have a moral obligation to leave a world for future generations that's habitable. And in that particular duty, we have failed miserably. The fact that it took a teenage girl such as Greta Thunberg to shame the rich and powerful, while so many people refuse to listen, only adds to our shame further. If you don't care about the environment, if you think this is all a hoax, Consider one last thing. Your children and grandchildren may wind up living in a world that is toxic. They may suffer from illnesses that are far worse than COVID on a regular basis and needlessly because we allowed the rich and powerful to poison this world. And why? For the purpose of greed. How rich does Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates need to be? Seriously. They are no different than the former aristocracies and monarchs that treated the rest of us as worse and lower than dirt. As human beings, we have a right to a decent life. The whole world does. And the only group a minority, numerically, I would add, that says we don't have those rights are the very rich and powerful. So you might want to check out this Stop Echo side group. They do quite a bit of different um, activities. They do high-level advocacy. They have legal expertise. <coughs> they do accept funding. They, are, they need every little bit of help they can get. <coughs> They have an international grassroots campaign. They have campaign teams in the UK, Netherlands, Spain, Canada, and Portugal. And they have plans to expand it. They have over 16,000 members that are called Earth Protectors. (coughs) Excuse me. The history of this is very telling. (coughs) Sorry, folks. Ten years ago, Ten years ago, um, the idea of ecocide as, as a concept was proposed by the co-founder and UK visionary lawyer, the late Polly Higgins. Um, there's an expert team of researchers and international criminal lawyers and diplomatic representatives are working with them. Pope Francis calls for Echocide to be made an international crime using the definition proposed by Polly Higgins. Swedish workers' movement, and the Olaf-Palm International Center call for ecocide to be made a crime at the ICC. The French Citizens' Assembly votes to make ecocide a crime. Over 99% in favor of ecocide crime and 63% for a national referendum. And it goes on and on and on. So now we're going to talk and finish up with Pope Francis, which I find as very interesting on this first night of Hanukkah but I appreciate Pope Francis. Um, Catholic News Service published a story. Um, the headline is, Catechism will be updated to include ecological sins, Pope says. Um, and this was written by Juno Aroco Estevez, Vatican City. After a proposal made at the Synod of Bishops for the Amazon, Pope Francis said there are plans to include a definition of ecological sins in the Church's catechism in their official teaching. To quote the Pope, to quote Pope Francis, quote, "We should be introducing. We were thinking in the catechism of the Catholic Church the sin, the sin against ecology, ecological sin against the common home." And this was he told participants at a conference of criminal justice just this past November 15th. There were members of the International Association of Penal Law in Rome just this past month. <coughs> I mean, they centered on the theme criminal justice and corporate business. Pope Francis denounced the abuse of law and legislation as acts that justify the violence and hatred. Um, The Pope was basically commented on today's throwaway culture, and he spoke about a culture of hate. And these threats, um, the Pope added, quote, um, take the form of, quote, symbols and actions that are typical of Nazism. To quote Pope Francis just a few weeks ago, quote, I must confess that when I hear some speeches, some person in charge of order or the government. I am reminded of Hitler's speeches in 1934 and 1936. They are actions typical of Nazism that with its persecution of Jews, gypsies, and people of homosexual orientation represent a negative model par excellence of a throwaway culture of, of a throwaway culture in hate. That is what's, that is what happened in that time, and today, these things are reappearing. Today's current of punitivism, which which claims to solve social problems through the penal system, has not worked. And end quote. And the quote the Pope also said, instead of quote an elementary system, I'm sorry, instead of quote an elementary sense of justice. End quote. He said that basically there must be an application so that, quote, certain conduct for which corporations are usually responsible does not go unpunished. The Pope went on to say that among those crimes are acts that, quote, can be considered as ecocide, the massive contamination of air, land, and water resources the large-scale destruction of flora and fauna, and any action capable of producing an ecological disaster or destroying an ecosystem. End quote. Pope Francis also called on the international community to recognize ecocide as "quote the fifth category of crime against peace." End quote. He went on to say, "Quote on this occasion and through you." I would like to appeal to all the leaders and representatives in this sector to help with efforts in order to ensure the adequate legal protection of our common home, end quote. And finally, the Pope went on to say that the idea of a true model of justice can be found, quote, its perfect incarnation in the life of Jesus, who after being treated violently and put to death, brought a message of peace, forgiveness, and reconciliation. These are values that are difficult to achieve but necessary for the good life of all. I don't think it's a utopia, but it's a big challenge. The challenge that we must all address if we are to treat the problems of our civilized coexistence in a way that is rational, peaceful, and democratic, end quote. And all I can say after that is God bless Pope Francis. He has a Jewish friend in me. There's more to add. This is not the only talk I'm going to give on the idea of Ecclify. This is something that we must deal with. And I am so, by heart, on this first night of Hanukkah, I am so grateful that Pope Francis had such great humanity that he joined in this battle. This isn't about any particular religion, or race, or economic group, although the very wealthy and powerful do actually face a greater blame. This is about our home. We don't have another planet. And to those of you who still believe this is a hoax, if you care about nothing else, if you are that irretrievably uninformed or ignorant, but if you still care about your children and your grandchildren, then understand this. We are beyond a tipping point. If you care about no one else, Care about your children and grandchildren. Every time they have an asthma attack, ask yourself that question: How much of this envir- how much of this corporate pollution has either caused or exacerbated your child or grandchild's suffering? What right do the wealthy nations have to destroy lives in poorer areas? How can you call yourself a good Christian? Jew, Muslim, whatever, if you are complicit in this crime. I'm going to end with a quote. It's not really a quote. It's a, it's a paraphrasing. The late Holocaust survivor, Elie Wiesel, who also won a Nobel Prize for his his um, book titled Night on his experience in the death camp, Nazi death camps, Basically, said that the the idea of evil isn't based on hate, it's based on indifference. When you can turn a blind eye and a deaf ear on the suffering of others, then you are evil. We all share this moral obligation. We can no longer afford to be indifferent. So that's my report. This is the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Moloff And I wish you all well. We will be talking about this again. Good night.